Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Champaign County Treasurer Laurel Pressing. Laurel is an economist who has been elected to a number of public offices, generally as the first woman to hold every seat. Good afternoon, Laurel. Good afternoon. Your most recent opponent, John Farney, did not count on a blue wave hitting Champaign County. You never seemed to think that you would lose this election. You had a lot of confidence. Do you think it was about Donald Trump effect? Was it time for a Democratic woman? Or how about your experience? What do you suppose got you there? Well, I thought in December of 2017, after a few months of Donald Trump, that there was going to be a big rebellion And I thought it was going to be a great year for Democrats. So I started recruiting people, and we didn't have anybody for treasurer. I couldn't get anybody to run for treasurer. So I said, wait, I could do that job. I wasn't going to run for anything else, but, you know, here's this empty spot that should be filled. So I signed up. And we had a really good team effort. But basically what did it for us was the blue wave, because people came out of the woodwork and said, wait a minute, I think I have to vote because this is my country and I don't like how things are going. So there was a huge turnout in the primary. Was it a logical step that you were once auditor and now you're treasurer? Is there any link or did that warm you up for this job or are they completely different? They are different. They're very different jobs, but um, they both have to do with finance. But in terms of the day-to-day operations, they're different. Let's talk about some of your political career. Mayor of Urbana from 2005 to 2017, first woman to hold that office. State representative from 93 to 95, as I mentioned, the auditor from 76 to 92, and the Champaign County Board from 72 to 76. Would you say that the Champaign County Board or the Illinois State House was a more partisan body? When I was in the legislature, there was cooperation between Democrats and Republicans, so it was not the way it is now. I think the legislature is obviously more partisan than the county board, but the county board has changed since when I was on it because I was friends with, I became friends with Republicans, and I don't think that happens now. The Republicans, I think, are the ones that have changed the most because they seem to think that they're supposed to be on the attack all the time. And I hear that the gentleman who leads the Republicans criticizes me at every county board meeting. I'm home having dinner with my husband, so I don't, I don't see it, but I just thought, what a, what a silly way to do things. We didn't used to do it that way. Nobody was blasting anybody personally, and I remember um, I agreed with a real hardcore Republican, but I said, let the record show that, uh, I guess Mr. Roten was his name, that Mr. Roten and I agree. It had to go on the record that well, you that finally agreed. Well, that was just agreed. a joke, you know, because <laughs> we didn't normally agree, but it was nice to see And I think that's one of the the things I like about politics is because you look for common ground with someone. And if you don't agree with someone, you don't burn your bridges because you know that somewhere down the road, I have all these highway analogies, that you're going to need to work with that person. And so it's always, you know, just treat everybody with respect. And that's the way to get things done. For lack of a better word, each time you ran, you've been a pioneer as a woman in many cases, as a Democrat. Which elected office was the hardest fought for you to get there? Well, I think the hardest election I had was when I lost. I'd been state representative. I got elected in 1992 in the year of the woman, and it was a Republican district. So in 1994, when Newt Gingrich swept the country, I lost. So that was really the toughest election. So I don't remember any election being harder to win. I 
ran against an incumbent for county auditor. He'd been there for 24 years, and I challenged him to debate me, and he refused to debate me. So I debated an empty chair, and I won that debate. Yes, you did. I've seen you do that before. (laughs) Your progressive drive began long before you were an elected official. Let's talk about the environmental group formed by women housewives involved in pollution solutions. Your group started recycling programs. You helped start recycling businesses in Champaign County. What do you attribute to igniting your activism? I was actually watching the 4th of July parade, and a bunch of women marched by, and they had signs, and the one that caught my eye was, more food, less packaging. So I thought, well, you know, that seemed like a really good idea. And this was founded by Barbara Anderson, who is no longer alive, but she really was a great leader. And we had so much fun working together, doing things. We got water from the boneyard, which was kind of polluted, and we we were serving it as boneyard punch, you know, just to get people to be aware of the importance of clean water. But that was in the early 1970s, and so I've always been an environmentalist, I guess, and we've been told about this for over 50 years now, and now we're seeing things like climate change, so I think more and more people are becoming aware that we have to take care of this little planet that we live on. Tell me about the makeup of the Champaign County Treasurer's Office. Uh, You don't have to give me exact numbers of employees, but did you retain a lot of the people that were there before? I kept everybody, and the chief deputy, uh, Maurice Buslag, left after a a couple of months to go back to banking, but, you know, I didn't move anybody. When I got elected county auditor, the whole staff left, (laughs) so I was left by myself. I persuaded the chief deputy to stay on for a month, and he did, and then I had to hire people. But we ended up with very good people. But there was an excellent staff there, and so everybody stayed, except for the one person, and we left on good terms. I didn't get rid of him. He just decided he wanted to go back to banking. Before I continue, I just need to ask you, how do you develop such thick skin? Because you talk about these people that give personal attacks towards you. How do you just brush that off? What you should do is kill them with kindness. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's much better to res- to respond in a respectful way rather than lashing out at somebody because you're not going to accomplish anything that way. So it's much better to just treat people with respect. And I remember one of the Republicans that's been attacking me on the county board. He sent a really nasty email. And so I just responded to what he had talked about and said, by the way, I'd really appreciate it if you'd stop the insults. So I haven't seen him or heard from him since, but, you know, there's no point in retaliating. It just doesn't make things better. And if they call you names, they just want you to react. When you see the president of the United States calling people names, it's kind of like, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe people do that when they're three years old, but they don't do it when they're president. They shouldn't, at least. That might be the soundbite of this interview. (laughs) Uh, Since taking office, what has been the most challenging part of being treasurer? Just the overwhelming amount of detail. And I have a chief deputy who's been in the office for quite a long time, so she knows a lot, but there's just so much detail. What the office does, the treasurer does the investing for the county, and I think I've done a pretty good job on that. We have higher interest earned than we did in previous years. But the rest of it is being the collector for all the taxing districts, and that is a huge job, and it's very detailed. And we're switching over to a new billing system. And when you go from one computerized system to another, 
They always tell you it's going to go smoothly, but of course it never does. And so people call up and say, well, I haven't gotten my bill yet, or it hasn't been deducted from my bank account yet. So I sent them an email saying, look, you know, sorry for the confusion, but we're implementing a new system and you should see it in your bank account next week. I mean, that literally next week from now. You should see it. How many people do you send these we send out to? We send 79,000 bills out. And the thing is, the law is written so that if you don't get your tax bill, it's your responsibility to call the treasurer and get one sent to you. And you can see how the legislature might have eventually come to that conclusion, because otherwise people could say, well, I never got the bill. And sometimes things literally do get lost. But if you don't get your tax bill, you really should call the treasurer. That's the state law and then you'll get a new one sent to you. When people talk about male candidates, you never hear them mention age or appearance. When a woman runs for office, we judge them differently. Are you sick of that double standard, or have you been doing this for so long you just don't care or you don't notice? I haven't found that to be a problem, because I think I've been living through this wave where women have become more and more acceptable to be candidates. But, you know, I was one of the three women that were the first ever elected to the Champaign County Board, and that was way back in 1972. And when I tell people that, you know, if it's college students, like, their parents weren't born then, you know. <laughs> but it was a novelty. But after somebody does it, then it's okay. You just have to have somebody break the glass ceiling and then everybody else can come through. Let's talk about Carl Hospital for a minute. For those of our listeners new to this topic, and I don't know how anybody who lives here is, how it relates to your tenure as mayor, can you give us just a brief history of what you want them to do? Carl Hospital sued the county and they sued the city of Urbana. They sued the county because they didn't think they should have to pay property taxes, and they sued Urbana. They said that we had violated some agreement, which I don't think we had violated at all, but there's two lawsuits going, and it's they're still going on. There are many administrators there who make really bloated salaries. Is that one of the things that you point to and say, we just want you to pay your fair share? We bill them. I mean, I sent them a bill. They like to argue that they're a charity, and the Supreme Court of Illinois ruled that the Illinois Constitution says you not only have to claim to be a charity, you have actually have to be a charity. So that's going to be the thing that gets worked out in the circuit court. And I assume that no matter what the decision is at the local level, it's going to get kicked up to the appellate court and then up to the Supreme Court. So these things take a long time to decide. But basically, a charity is should be an organization that literally doesn't make money for itself, but just uses all its money for charity. And some of these organizations that say they're not-for-profit are, in fact, extremely profitable. And that is a federal law on what's not-for-profit, and I think that needs to be looked at. Because when they don't pay their taxes, what it means is that their tax burden gets shifted to everybody else who does pay their taxes. You want... Police, you want fire, you want schools, you want libraries, right? I have to remind people who say they don't want their taxes to go up. And people want roads. When I was mayor of Urbana, we didn't have enough money to fill the potholes. So we passed a local motor fuel tax, which the city could do because the city has home rule. How many people complained about it? Nobody. When we were doing a road repair, we put up a sign saying this project paid for by your local motor fuel tax. So if people know what they're getting for their money and they like that, they're not going to complain because it's going to cost them more to repair their car on a 
broken up road than to pay for a good road. You did the impossible. You have gotten the News Gazette to not only endorse you once, but they seem to continue to endorse you and they admire your work. I'm awed and a bit surprised, but how did you do that? How did your relationship develop with the News Gazette? I've always been very good to reporters. I think reporters know that I'm going to tell them the truth and I'm never going to lie to them. And so I think I have a good reputation. I remember when I was running for state representative, the Chicago Tribune asked for people who would endorse me. And I listed a whole bunch of reporters down here. I was probably the only only candidate in the whole state of Illinois that listed reporters as references. Because these, these are the people that watch what's going on and they know the cast of characters. And so I did that. So we're not enemy of the people you're saying? No, hardly. I mean, every time I talked, I realized I'm talking for the public. And, you know, you're working for the public and you want to communicate with the people you work for. So that's the reporter's job. Everyone talks about how many offices that you've held. And now I know you're happy as treasurer, but the next logical step would be state treasurer or governor pressing. Are you happy where you are? That's a no. No. There are other things I want to do. I don't want to run for another office. Is there anything that you didn't get to do as mayor that you have any regrets that you wish you had been able to push something through or something had gotten done? I would have liked to have seen the hotel be redeveloped, but that had to wait until the owner lowered his price. He wanted $5 million and nobody was going to pay him that. And so I just said, you know, we just have to wait until he lowers the price. And he finally did. So now we have a developer. That was the only really big thing, but we did a lot of very progressive things in Urbana when I was mayor. I was mayor for 12 years, and I really enjoyed the job, and I liked working. We had a very good city council, and I really enjoyed working with them. Do people still call you Mayor Pressing, or how do you like to be addressed? A lot of people still call me mayor, but I never would ask anybody to call me mayor. (laughs) Do you walk to work? I park far enough away that I I do get a 10-minute walk when I have a chance. I try to do it every day, but I can't always do it. I have to ask about the presidential election because we've got a lot of great candidates on the Democratic side, and I know that many of us say, tell me who the candidate is, and I will work for them, and I will be happy with them. But do you have one that you look at and you say, those are the kind of ideals that I can get behind? I have been a Bernie Sanders supporter, but I think we have some other good candidates as well. My husband gets says, like, there's so many of them, you know, it's terrible. Well, I don't think it is terrible. I think it's good to have have 20 and winnow it down until you get the one who wins. I think that's healthy. I think it's much healthier than having what the Republicans have. I think the Democrats are doing the right thing. And you can't prevent somebody from running. I don't think a party should do that. And I don't think the party structure should decide who the candidate is. That's the way to lose. You should have the public decide who the candidate is, and then you get the strongest candidates. Representation by the people for the people? Right. Where'd you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We've gotten so far from defending the Constitution. As a legislator, what were some of the things, by the way, that you focused on? I want to go back to that for a second. Um, The thing I really remember, (laughs) which was that if it's raining, that you have to have your headlights on when your windshield wipers are on. That was a law that I voted for. On my way home today, my son asked me about you and my relationship with you, my husband's relationship with you, and I described you as Champaign County's version of Nancy Pelosi, and then it dawned on me that that might not be a compliment. Is that good or bad? That's good. 
I really like Nancy Pelosi. I met Nancy Pelosi. I sat next to her in a meeting, and she is totally gracious, and I really admire her. I think she'd make a great president, but I don't think she's going to do that. I don't think she wants to, but you remind me of her because you have thick skin, she has thick skin, and you really just want to do the right thing. Well, she wants to get things done, and she knows that the way to get things done is to treat people with respect. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. My sincerest gratitude to Champaign County Treasurer Laurel Pressing for joining me today, and if you promise if you're going to run for anything else, you'll come announce it here on the show. I will, but I, I will not be back to announce anything. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.